1: This episode of 12-Pack Radio is made possible by Nextiva, the official communications partner of the Pac-12. And the best business phone service is chosen by U.S. News and World Report. Nextiva helps companies all over Pac-12 countries stay connected with customers and coworkers using one easy-to-use app. Get Nextiva for your business to get business phone service, video conferencing, team chat, call reporting, and more. All for the fraction of what you would pay for those services separately. Make great calls every day. Visit nextiva.com 12-Pack to get started. nextiva.com 12-Pack. To get started. Oh
0: South Kaka-laka! Don't you dare be shower!
1: Clap for your world famous two-time chips and feel the power! It's a new game, yes it is!
0: For 12-pack radio, get excited, y'all.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to Twelve Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pack Twelve football news, the home of the Bader College Football Statistical Model, and this is a sharp college football podcast. Thanks for joining us. This is Brian Conger. I'm joined as always by Mr. Rob Bauer. And what's going on, Rob? Oh
0: man, I'm I'm excited. Like we're we're closing in on, uh, on on like you know having a good handle at the very least on the North. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I um I, I had a medically induced haze this past weekend, so I was watching the games, uh, basically all hopped up on NyQuil and. Uh, and ibuprofen. So, but I was able to watch almost every one of these games in its entirety, which is pretty crazy considering that three of them were going on at the same time. <laughs> but it's flipping back and forth between what happened in uh, week eight, which is crazy, right? I think we're—I keep thinking we're week seven because the NFL is in week seven, but week eight of Pac-12 action happened. We're going to break all of that down here, Rob. But let's get right into it. Um, oh, first, you can follow us on uh, on Twitter at 12-Pack Radio, at Sharp College Football, and you can definitely check us out at sharpcollegefootball.com. Rob, it was an interesting week here in the Pac-12. Some interesting games, some of them close, most of them close, actually, except for Cal in Colorado, LOL. Um, what were your top takeaways from Week 8 here?
0: I mean, I, I think the, the in a lot of cases, like, teams were were somewhat who we expected them to be this week, right? You know, I thought in particular, like, I mean, I was impressed that Washington state was able to show up and play as well as they did, uh, against BYU. I mean, BYU is a good team. Um, but you know, Washington state played them pretty tough. Um, they definitely made BYU earn it on the ground. Um, although BYU definitely did put up some yards on the (laughs) ground in that game. Um, but I was, I was overall impressed and their offense was, was, was decent too in that game. Um, I thought that was pretty impressive. I thought, you know, for Arizona, you know, given how really, you know, an, like, you know, anemic they have looked, I mean, it, without McLeod, right? Like I thought, I thought Plumber was okay. I think people are a little harsh because they forget that Washington's defense is actually really good against the pass. But Washington, man, that offense—holy <laughs> goodness! <laughs> like, just like major. I mean, just I mean, just we knew they had big problems. But going in against a a, a pretty no, I mean, improved ish, but not great Arizona defense. That was pretty rough. I thought Oregon, and I mean, and this is this is tough because like when we say this, I think Oregon put in their best performance since we saw them at the horseshoe. But <clears throat> at the same time like UCLA is not great. Like UCLA is like a marginal fringy top 25 team. And, or, I mean, and, and according to Chip Kelly, you know, UCLA should have tied them. Cause he said, he said the refs got that field goal wrong <laughs> that they, that they deemed no good. And I thought, I mean, I guess my other thought, I mean, just last one as I ramble on here is, I mean, I thought USC played pretty, pretty decently against Notre Dame. Right. You know, they were able to move the ball against the Irish. They just really, really struggled um to put up points.
1: For me it was Bill Walton siding. Right? Oh well that Game yes. They and they cut him off. Those those tyrants. He's going like ten decades deep on who played for what team and stuff. But he was on a roll, and Reese Davis was like, "I need your pick. I need your." It took him like six times to get Bill Walton to shut up, and I was really angry about it. I'm like, "Let the man talk. This is our moment in the sun, Reese. Nobody cares about your stupid commercials." Um, I thought that was very fun. For me, um, I I waffled back and forth after we recorded the podcast, like. Which is we? I've never like agonized about a pick so much that I did Lane eighteen to Washington um, to that offense, regardless of the team. Um, and I almost recorded like my own little podcast. Said I'm going to take back that pick, but I also probably would have take back taken back the Cal Colorado pick, which it was a wash anyway. But man, that offense is just terrible. And Arizona's defense is not good. And the fact that it really took Washington the entire game to finally get to a point where they got it out of reach. And, and by that, I mean like, you know, winning by four or whatever. I mean, just just absolutely dreadful. I am surprised, Rob, that John Donovan is still at Washington and that Chivarini is still at uh, Colorado. I think those are my two biggest takeaways because Colorado scoring three points against Cal, because the same thing that you would say about Washington, right? Oh, Washington shouldn't be giving 18 points up to anybody. It doesn't matter what team it is. You can almost say about, about Cal, right like cal's defense is not good and no. as many as much of a struggle bus colorado's offense has been they should have been able to move the ball against cal and they didn't and right and i i know that durell fired their offensive line coach but man there's a lot more problems in the offensive line which which itself is a problem but right. i don't know i'm like are you surprised that both of those are still around like if you're going to shake things up you you got to do it at the at the points that are the biggest problems and for Washington and Cal, or I'm sorry, Washington, well, and Cal too, but Washington and Colorado, it's at the offensive side.
0: Yeah, it is strange. I mean, I I do think that, um, I mean, I I live in Columbus, Ohio, and Ohio State after, not the Ohio State game, but after the Tulsa game, made a change at defensive play caller. Now that's, I mean, Kerry Combs is still on staff. You know, he's coaching, you know, safeties, but he's not the play caller anymore. And I'm just, I'm surprised that Washington and, and Colorado have, have stuck with Donovan and and Gioverini, you know, through this, right. I mean, it's just not the, the, the product simply isn't there, um, in any way. Right. And, and Washington, you know, we talked about like, and I think it's true. I mean, they, they really do have offensive line coaching issues that have been there for years, um, you know, I think, you know, Colorado has, Colorado has some issues. I mean, Brennan Lewis is not necessarily who you want to roll out there at QB, but I do think that their, their issues go deeper than just the QB. Yeah. Um, and they should, I mean, it is one thing, I mean, there, there's, there's, each one of those guys, is a position coach, you know, on those staffs on the offensive side of the football, maybe not all of them are you know, going to be cut out to be offensive coordinator material, but like, it's just, it's really hard to imagine for either of these teams, you ending up with a, a, a different and or worse result than you've certainly, had. I mean, particularly for Washington. I mean, there's just, there's so much talent still. I mean, like regardless of like the fact that they haven't really been developing talent, on the offensive side of the football, still, like the raw materials, the guys you're bringing in are pretty darn good. It's, yeah, I think it's impossible to argue that Washington doesn't have good players. Um, you know, like they may need some different coaching, but I think they have good players. And to be to be where they're at, it's it's just, it just feels like the hardest thing. I don't I don't think this is going to be a problem for Carl Durell. I think Chief Verini's done at the end of this year. But Jimmy Lake's got to admit that he was wrong. <laughs> yeah. And he hasn't and I think that's hard for him because I and he took all that flack initially on the Donovan hire. And I, I wonder if it makes him feel like he's got his heels dug in on it.
1: On the other end, some offensive explosion down in Corvallis, right? Oregon forty two points. Um you yeah. know, I mean we'll cover each game in the in the next segment, but this is more just initial thoughts. Th- this was very packed 12 like Max Meyer is just smiling down on this game. And, and by the way, we both, we both took Oregon state just because, Hey, Oregon State's a pretty good team and they were at home and they had a bye, and Utah's good. Like Utah is fine. Um, and they're much better with cam rising, but, and, and it was good to see rising th- move the ball against, uh, against Oregon state on the road too. So I, I, just thought that that was a fun game in general. Um, you had the fumble by, uh, uh, by by chance, Nolan, right, right, like and, and that it looked like it killed momentum. It looked like Utah might finally get back into the game, and uh, and Oregon State was able to rally back. This I just really liked watching this game. This is one of my favorite games of the year, actually.
0: No, this was a great game. I mean, it, it you know it really highlighted some things that we had. I'd seen and I mean talked about a little bit, like Utah's defensive line isn't where it has been in years past, for sure, right? Um, and I thought <clears throat> in this game, I mean, that that turnover by Nolan was pretty terrible. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> but but other than that, he had a pretty good game. And man, I mean, like, Oregon State can really, really run the football. Um, but I actually I mean, I I gotta say, um, and I I think I tweeted this out during the game. I mean, like, the fact that rising didn't start the season like what did practice even look like? <laughs> like because the offense is the offense is totally different with rising in there yeah and that's um, and
1: that's great news for utah fans
0: who i have I a mean, they, the they were hitting downfield passes to wide receivers and i was like what is <laughs>
1: it's like your mind exploded yeah <laughs> yeah
0: like what, what am i even seeing here
1: <laughs> and, and i should say so again like really glad utah's good and then i, I sent out my you know basically annually scheduled, Oh, another targeting call from Utah. And, and it's like five, it's always five Utah fans, uh, you know, four that don't listen to the podcast that ended up sending something snarky. This time it was, Oh, you know, it was our first targeting call. Look, I've watched a lot of Utah and it went, it goes way past this year. I just think like, it's, I mean, the, the way he launched himself and I, and thank, I mean, he didn't launch himself at the head. Um, but the crown of the helmet, it's like, man, I mean, I've just seen, I've, over the years, it's been a problem, and when you combine this week with the previous week, and I know that he hit the back of that guy's neck um, area, but just like the spirit of last week when you had another Utah player kind of launch themselves in a really dangerous way, I'm like, can you just cut it out for the love of God? And um, I don't know. I, do you want to wade into this? <laughs> In this Hornets. Nest I mean, off. I do
0: feel. I mean, like I don't think this year's been as bad as some years past, yeah. right? I mean, there. It, it used to be you could really count on, you know, Utah's safeties to alternate some time off during the year.
1: Oh, that Blackman <laughs> man, that guy was just, uh, and he was a, yeah. a fun player to watch. Like again, it's like I really like watching this team, but th- but yeah, you're right. I think in previous years it was way more. Um, and, yeah. and, and when the targeting rule was first being implemented, I think they were getting used to it, but I, I don't know. I guess it's, it, it's more that like, you, you know, like a dog that burns themselves like on, on a, like a hot stove. And then like they pee every yeah. time the stove opens. That's like, I, know how I feel every day. time there's a targeting call from Utah. i just like, ah, not again. Right. Yeah. But you're right. They, have been <laughs> no, they,
0: they definitely had their share.
1: Anything else, Rob, before we, uh, before we get into the, the preview review section?
0: No, no. I mean, I, I but there's, I mean, it was interesting today. I mean, Matt Wells got fired at Texas tech. I mean, like the continuing, you know, revolving door is, is, is ongoing. Um, and I, it's interesting. because like, I, I can't think of like beyond, I mean, beyond like Herm, right? Like, and with what goes And I don't mean for the on-field performance. I mean, for the off-field stuff. Right. Like, I feel like other than that, like, it's hard to see another change being made at a Pac-12 school, at least as far as the head coach goes, um, you know, but it's, you know, I think there's going to be some guys coming in on a hot seat coming into next year.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, you have you have Washington State, of course, but I, it, I forgot, it, might be, yeah. it might be Dickert. Like, I think. Right. I If I were to bet right now, I think I would bet on him.
0: Yeah. I mean, if they continue to play well, like there's no reason not to to stick with him. He was really the better hire out of, you know, on the, the best hire on Rolovich's staff. And you'd really like to keep him on.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into our review of all of week eight and our preview of week nine. Packed Football right after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. us to move okay all right we're back we're going through all of the week nine games and again if you're new to the podcast this is how we end up previewing this upcoming week is we'll pick a game we'll talk about how those two teams did in the previous week and then we'll use that knowledge and prognosticate what happens in this coming week's matchup and we'll bet against the spread and rob there are a lot of games on the slate this week kind of a full Really, is, is this is this a full card, right? I don't think anybody's on a buy. Two, four, six, eight.
0: Yeah, no four. buys this week.
1: Look at that.
0: Well, full dance card. And they're all on Saturday. So we've got the full dance card all in a row.
1: And two after dark games. And one of them Stanford-Washington. Oh, no. Oh, no, Rob. No. Where do you want to start?
0: Let's start with that game. That game is... I mean, there are some games here that I think have some close lines that I think are inappropriate. Like, I think that Oregon State-Cal line is a little odd. Um, yeah. But this game makes a lot of sense i mean like
1: uh
0: you know as far as like how tight it how tight it projects
1: sure um stanford is a two and a half point favorite at home against washington and i initially wanted to bet this immediately um and then i and and really just because aaron Rodgers went into like the bears stadium and just says i own you i own you i've always owned you (laughs) Because Stanford has just owned Washington in this matchup the last couple of years. Um, but then when I took a look at the actual matchups of this game, man, it's a really close game. And you can see why that spread is at two and a half. Now, Washington ended up beating Arizona last week. Stanford was on a bye, which also gives me a little bit more of a a, a nudge towards Stanford. But let's, let's dive into this Washington-Arizona game first, Rob. Washington 21, Arizona 16. Arizona comes out swinging. I mean... <laughs> As, as much as Arizona could swing, I mean, it was more like a slap in the face, um, and and one where you're a few steps away and you can't get your whole body into it. Uh, but Arizona ends up really making a little bit of noise in this game, and Washington had to earn their way back in, and it wasn't pretty while they did it.
0: No, no, this was really. I mean, it it felt like really too. I mean, as uh, up until that really egregious Will Plummer interception. You know, Arizona was marching right down the field again and looked like they had a shot to put it, you know, uh, make it a three possession game. Um, and then the turnover happened. And of course, you know, then, you know, uh, Arizona just sort of fell apart. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was, I mean, really, I mean, we're previewing, you know, I mean, it's a pretty embarrassing performance, I think, for Washington. Um, you know, like they were able to get some big chunk yardage uh you know throwing the football you know as the game wore on um but they struggled i mean they really struggled against this arizona defense which which frankly isn't that great um and you know and then they found themselves you know like with i mean frankly i mean with will will plummer you know who who like he wasn't going to get anything he wasn't going to get anything deep against Washington. And you can see in there that he did not, but I thought he did. I mean, I thought he did enough in getting going at least 13 for 20 of taking the underneath stuff that that's all you're going to get. I mean, Arizona doesn't have great wide receivers. (laughs) He's not mobile. The line is not going to be able to buy him time for somebody to get open deep, you know? Um, So at least being able to add the mild threat of a passing attack, but Arizona, as we've talked about, with this Washington defense, man, you can run against these guys. Oh my goodness. Um, and Arizona put up 218 on the ground. Uh, they you doubled know, really,
1: Washington's running. <laughs> yardage. Yeah. <Garnish>. That's freaking <laughs> yeah. insane. That's unacceptable.
0: I mean, it, it, that's, I mean, I think that like we've talked about, you know, that this Washington offense is, is really bad. I mean, this Washington offense is hideous. Um, you know, they're at 83 right now in beta rank. Um, they really are like the only thing sort of keeping them going right now is drive efficiency. They're at 25 and drive efficiency, but all of their like per play type metrics, including explosive drives, play efficiency and negative drives, they're all in the hundreds. Um, and they have a decent run pass split. I mean, they're at 50 and effective pass one Oh two and effective rush. I, I kind of don't understand, like if you're playing Washington, like you should be able to 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 sell out to you know like to to try to stop the pass right and and if you can find ways to put you know interesting pressure on on them I think that's what really like what what helped Washington was they they did a good job in some like in what burned Arizona late was they did a good job in blitz pickup Don Brown likes to blitz. And he sent some blitzes that didn't get home that left Arizona's corners really out there on an island um, and unable to to cover. So that was, I mean, but if you're, you know, like you should be able to mix up your coverage against Washington and and you know potentially find a way to 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 cause some good things to happen. But really tough. To, I mean, if you're a Husky, I mean, like we follow a lot. Of, I mean, the Husky Twitter was hopping hopping mad. <laughs>
1: After them in Colorado they should get together and go bowling <laughs> like, yeah. with those fan bases I mean they have
0: a problem I mean again in, in this game too I mean Washington didn't really adjust to slow down Arizona's rushing attack right I mean they still stayed in the too high safety look um you know, they just relied on getting an occasional stop here or there. And then Arizona's passing attack is really anemic enough that like if Arizona got behind schedule at all on a drive, then they were in trouble.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was an interesting game. I, I liked how Arizona brought out Jamari Joyner to yeah. be able to, to, and like that was kind of the frustration. Well, we can talk about Arizona later, um, but just, just a terrible performance all around by Washington. And then when you look forward against Stanford, the, the matchup here is interesting, right? Because you mentioned selling out against the pass. And if there's one thing that Stanford can do on defense is their, their pass protection is, is decent. Um, it's actually the run game or where you can actually run the ball against uh, Stanford. So it's kind of a weakness on weakness, you know, uh, Washington's anemic run offense against Stanford's anemic run defense. Um, so I'm just, I'm fascinated to see how well they're able to bottle up Dylan Morris and if they are, I think they have a real chance in this game. But then we flip it on the other side, right? Stanford can't run the ball <laughs> and Washington right. can't stop the run and Stanford can throw the ball and Washington can stop the pass. Like it's this weird, it's a weird dynamic where no- normally we don't have weakness on weakness and strength on strength on like every side of the, the coin. But yeah. that's kind of what we have here.
0: No, this is, I mean, it was interesting because like if you looked at like last week, an interesting matchup that ended up being a total shootout was that like Wake Forest Army game. Yeah, And and the, the the deciding factor in that game was that Wake Forest could throw the football around and Army just can't stop the pass, right? I mean, they just can't recruit cornerbacks, you know, to be able to really play at the FBS level. Um, and that was it. Like, I mean, Wake couldn't really stop Army, you know, but they could stop them enough and Army couldn't stop Wake at all. And this game, like, this is going to be really interesting to see because as you pointed out, you know, like it It really is. what what each team does well is what the other team's strength is. I think the biggest key for me is, can that Stanford offensive line in pass protection buy McKee time? Because that's something certainly Arizona could not, right? Like, I mean, Will Plummer was like, we got to get the ball out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It might be to Washington, but we got to get it out to someone. We got to
0: get the ball out now. Um, And I I think if McKee, I mean, I think Washington does have a really good pass defense, but I mean, and Olaficio is going to be out for this game. He's out for the rest of the year. Um, You know, like, I, I do think that if you're, if you're Stanford, you're really, you know, if you, if you could buy time, like they should have a decent shot. Um, but the question, I mean, I guess like a question coming into this though, is like, which of these teams would you think could actually run the football? Because like, you'd think that they could, I mean, like everyone can run against this Washington team (laughs) so far. Right. Um, do you, I mean, I'm not, I'm not convinced that Stanford is going to be able to do it. They're they're, They've proven to be remarkably incompetent at running the football. But so, but so
1: at Arizona and they put up 200 yards on them. I mean, that was wild.
0: I know, I know. And (laughs) it's, It is, t- I mean, I, I mean, but that almost feels like, you know, it's who's, wh- whose weakness is going to win, right? Like in this game, right? Because Stanford does still, I mean, they're, they, they definitely skew more passing, right? But if they have any kind of success running the football, oh, they'll I would run it all them day. to lean into it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that,
1: like Shaw has done that before where he's like, I don't care what you think we're going to do. We're just going to run. I mean, like, I think that's how they beat them man, they've beat them so many times. Uh, like, I think it was two years ago or three years ago. Um, yeah. where it was like that big upset where all they did was just like, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Um, no, I, I totally hear you. I think there's a couple things. Like when you, when you have a game that that's this close with two, like the units really match up. I think two things are in favor of Stanford. The first is they had a week off to prepare and yep. to heal. And the second is uh, this is at home. And they're like, as much as people poo poo the farm, Stanford plays quite well at the farm. It doesn't matter if there aren't people are there or not. They play well there and, and it is a home field advantage. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to take Stanford in this game. Uh, and, and I'm not going to think twice about it. I've already bet it, you know, and we'll see. I, I might lose. I mean, I, there certainly is a world where Washington wins this game, um, where, where they're able to, you know, bottle up the passing game where they can get to McKee. Um, but Stanford just gets up for this game and uh, and the units are pretty close so I'm I'm going to lay the points. Uh, I don't know. What do you think?
0: No, I'm with you. I'm going to take Stanford. I think they've got the better quarterback in McKee. Um and I have just more like I I think Stanford's defense is going to be able to do enough against that Washington passing attack. And I just I don't believe Washington's going to really be able to run the football.
1: Woof. It'll it'll still be an interesting game, a great pac 12 after dark game, right? I mean, like this is going to kick off at 730 or whatever. Um, Definitely tune in. It'll, and I'm sure it'll get nuts. Um, And I'm glad that it's going late. Uh, Where to next, Rob?
0: Should we do, let's do Oregon State Cal because I don't understand the line on this game at all.
1: Oh, great game. I mean, probably not, but could be a good game. Um, Oregon State is a one and a half point favorite on the road against Cal. And we had talked a little bit earlier in the segment about uh, Oregon State's awesome win, 42 to 34, over Utah, and uh, and a Utah team that's improving. I, I'm I thought that. Utah's defense would have an opportunity to keep them in the game um, against uh, Oregon State. I did pick Oregon State to win, but there was certainly a world where Utah went into Corvallis and came away with a W. That didn't happen. You know, looking at the, the box score here, Rob, 14-19, and 208 yards and two touchdowns for Nolan. Uh, but really, the, the story was on the ground. B.J. Baylor, 152 yards. You um, had like five or six people that touched the ball and were able to get at least like 15 yards um, and, and and you hear it every every time that there's an announce an announcer talking about Oregon State, they talk about their their interest in running the ball, their willingness to run the ball, and they can.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, they came out. I mean, it's not like Utah didn't know what was coming,
1: you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, it's not that Oregon State presents a mystery uh, about what they're going to do, but they they went out and just absolutely executed in this game. Um, And really, I just, I mean, you got to give him a ton of credit. I thought Nolan was, Nolan was pretty good too. I mean, he definitely hit his, you know, hit his spots uh, in this game um, and made him count. Uh, I mean, I thought, I mean, you know, Utah, I I think did show, I mean, like they're the strength of the strength of this defense is definitely the pass defense. It's not the run defense. Um, But, you know, like, I, I think that there's like, if you're a Utah fan, like, there's some real positives on the offense. Now, Oregon State does not have a great defense. Um, but, you know, I thought Utah was able to to move the ball and rising looked really good. I mean, the best, you know, Utah quarterback that we've seen, um, you know, since that 2018 season, right? I mean, that's, or was it 19? I'm forgetting the quarterback's name. It's embarrassing. Tyler Huntley. Um it's really the best QB performance they've seen since Tyler Huntley and that's that's encouraging for Utah cuz I mean like and we had talked about like Ludwig maybe losing his fastball and and not looking really good. Um I don't know like the last two seasons like with Andy Ludwig it appears that having Jake Bunt- Bentley um and the Baylor quarterback, who's now transferred. And I've totally, like, he was such a flittering meteor across our minds. Charlie Brewer.
1: We, we kept <laughs> calling him something, something I else. mean, like,
0: having Jake Bentley and Charlie Brewer was not the recipe for success, right?
1: <laughs> it was absolutely not. You know, taking a look at this game here against Cal. So, uh, I hear you, right? Like, I think this line should be more in favor of Oregon State. There, there are two things that I took into consideration. The first was a possible letdown. For Oregon State, right? That was a big win at home. And I really loved that game because I think the fan base knew that it was a big game. Utah knew it was a big game. Oregon State knew it was a big game. Like they all kind of understood that this was kind of a make or break game for each team's season. Uh, I mean, Utah will still win some more games, but if they would have won this game and then like can continue to catapult, that would have been really big for them. Oregon State wins this game, right? Big deal. Now they got to go on the road. It's going to be a sleepy Cal stadium. Um, There's not going to be a lot of people there. It's not a game that they're going to get up for. And I think Cal gets up for this game. I think that win over um, Colorado, and it sounds stupid, but I I do think it was a big deal for them because they had lost so many close games, Rob. And I think that they just needed one to kind of keep everybody's attention. And they got it against Colorado. So, I mean, I, I still think the line should be more, but I actually put the game at about four and a half for Oregon State because I just thought Cal I think Cal's gonna be focused for this game. And I think Oregon State has a chance of not being focused and it's on the road and it's just a totally different environment. And sometimes it just takes teams a few, you know, a few quarters to kind of get their head in the game to finally realize, oh shoot, we gotta play at the same level we we normally do. Um with that said, I think the numbers are totally off on this game from an advanced metric standpoint. Uh am I am I right about that?
0: Yeah, I mean, so I mean it's not that it's not that Betarank says, like, oh my gosh, this is gonna this should be just an absolutely overwhelming Oregon, you know, Oregon State is the favorite. It has them at about seven and a half on the road. Um, that's just a possession, really, right? I mean, if Oregon State manages to turn the ball over once or twice, they could really be in trouble in this game. I'm just surprised. It's basically a toss up, um, you know, in the advanced, you know, or or in Vegas, because really like Cal, I mean, sure. They boat raced Colorado, but Colorado was awful. Yeah. Um, You know, and there's no, you know, there's no two ways about that. Right. I mean, this Colorado team, I mean, and in this game, right. Like this, um, you know, Garbers had a decent game, uh, you know, they had, a, you know, Garbers was also, I mean, he had a great game on the ground. Um, but Colorado was not able to do anything offensively against a pretty anemic Cal defense as well. Um, I mean, they were, you know, they were able to sell out to stop the run. Um, you know, uh, Cal or Cal did. And and they were, they were, they were really successful doing that. And then, you know, Brendan Lewis was, but this, this game also did not have a ton of possessions either. I mean, not a ton of plays running this one. Um, I just, I don't think I'm just not a, I I just, I I think people are sort of overestimating, um, you know, where Cal is after, you know, beating up on Colorado. And yeah, I mean, you're right. Like this could be a little bit of a letdown for Oregon state. They, they certainly, you can't say for this Beavers team that they've been there before, but Cal's defense right now grades out at number fifty nine in effective rush.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, Oregon State's at three in effective rush. I mean, they're gonna get their yards. Yeah. Like, I, I just I expect them to gash this Cal defense, and then it really I just I have a hard time seeing this this Cal offense playing mistake free enough football to keep up.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the only other thing, if I'm gonna take Cal, and I'm not, I'm gonna pick Oregon State. But if if you were to pick Cal, you're baking in uh, a chance Nolan interception in this game, which I think, which I think you might get. I'm not a big fan of. I mean, I mean, I think Nolan's fine, and he's certainly improved, but I don't trust him on the road to go mistake free either. So when it's a possession game, I mean, that could make the difference, but to your point, Rob, I, I don't know if I trust Cal's offense to do, uh, to, you know, to just go through this unscathed either. So I, I do think there's going to be a decent number of points. Like I think Cal scores what? 24 in this game. I think they can score. Against yeah. Santa I mean, Oregon State.
0: state's defense is not great. Right. Like at all.
1: Yeah. But Oregon state's going to put up like 30 or 40 in this game. <laughs> like, I, I just think, right. I mean, the, I don't know what the over under is, but, but I would probably take the over here.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, this this is definitely a spot to look at. What do we got here? It's at 55. Is oh. the over under? Oh, um, okay. But I think I think that feel. I mean, that's it's it's odd to me to see it like this because I really I I mean maybe I think people are overestimating where Cal's defense is. I mean because they've been pretty bad. Yeah. I just yeah I. I, I like the Beeves. I mean, I'm not saying that like Oregon State should, they, they, this should have been like a 14 point spread or something like that. But seeing this is, you know, just barely ahead of Pickham just was a little bit of a surprise to me.
1: Where's Oregon State's pass defense right now?
0: Uh, they're at 89 overall.
1: Woof. Okay. I mean, it's not I mean, like.
0: only at 66 in effective pass. Yeah. Yeah. Like that' not <laughs> been lighting it up.
1: That was going to be my point where it's. You know, it's not like Cal's been lighting the world on fire, but I mean, I I do think they're going to be able to move the ball a little bit and it'll it'll be through the air. But at the end of the day, I mean, this could be a really frustrating game for a Cal fan. Um, Just watching BJ Baylor get six yards and six yards and six yards and then 40 yards. (laughs) Like that could be that kind of game. Uh, Okay. All right, cool. So it looks like we're both going to take the beeves. Yep. All right. Where do you want to go next?
0: Should we do – I mean, this game is, is has a fairly big spread. This Arizona State-Washington State game.
1: But when I looked at ASU-Washington State, ASU is a 15-point uh, favorite in this game, and I had it at seven. And I was also baking into the fact that Washington State is without a lot of their coaches. Um, I just think that the the matchup itself is kind of interesting because Washington State's already played ASU, and, and that was BYU. <laughs> Like, right. I mean, like they're kind of a similar team, ASU and BYU. I think ASU has better wide receivers, has a little bit of a better defense, but I I thought Washington state played really well. And I was surprised. I think like, is this baking in a meltdown? Um, just, you know, because they don't have the coaches, but then I took a look at Baderink and Baderink has it around 14 and a half. What, What am I missing here, Rob? Well, you're
0: not missing much. I mean, this is a, this, this, this Arizona state squad, despite their, their really lackluster performance against Utah is still grading out really well in beta rank. Right. Uh, and so when you look at, you know, when you look at this matchup against Washington state, this Washington state team is pretty good. Um, but Arizona state still grades out at number 18 overall. Right. And, and tops in the pack 12 um, that the offense is really good. They run the football really well that's a big watch out against this Washington State team in particular I think Um, this Washington State team has not been great against the run a lot better against the pass on the defensive side of the football Um, that's a really big watch out of course Um, but on the other side you know Washington State's offense I I do agree I mean I think that they are improving a bit but they're still uh, I think they're still scuffling along they're at 76 overall in beta rank Um, This ASU defense is pretty good. I mean, they're at 25 overall. I mean, the one, this is like, this feels like sort of like rumors because like Arizona State had the week off, right? But like there was the report out that like Antonio Pierce had taken down all the ASU stuff off his social media. And this wasn't like reported out, but like this was like somebody had tweeted this out. I clicked over and looked on his Twitter profile and it didn't have his ASU stuff on there. I don't know anything about anything. I haven't seen anything further on it. But that would be my only real watch out here is because like their defense is at 25 overall in beta rank. That's a pretty significant mismatch. Um, you know, and at home, like this this does feel definitely like a two score game.
1: Yeah. I think one of the things that's interesting to me. Uh, from a Washington state standpoint is I do think that Delora has a hold of the offense, but when I watch them rush the ball, like they're kind of tentative and, and I know Max Borgie yeah. and like, you know, people were excited about him and all that stuff. But When you watch him run, he, he like waits either too long or hits the wrong hole. Like something's off there. And I, I know Macintosh and all that stuff, but it was just really interesting uh, to watch that happen a couple games in a row where I'm like, hmm. and he did, he did find the end zone twice. So look, he's, he's, like he's still a good player, but there was just a couple times throughout the year where I've been watching him going like, Oh, that it's just, it's just a little bit herky jerky. Um, and then when you flip it over, I think Washington state, the, the rush defense can be good for a while, but I don't think they have the depth. And I, I'm interested to see what the first half line is on this because, um, I might take ASU on the second half because I think they, there is a scenario where they're just going to keep running the ball. And eventually, Washington state's going to collapse um, and they're going to get a big touchdown out of it. So, I mean, I think I keep a lookout for that. I think that happened a little bit against BYU where I thought the rush defense was pretty good against BYU for the first three quarters. And then BYU was kind of able to do not, not exactly what they wanted, but they were able to get the yards that they needed to keep that game going. And and Washington state just could not stop them. It was still a close game, but I, I thought that that last quarter, and just, you could, I just thought the defense got gassed when they're playing a good team. And that probably could happen against ASU. Do you think that's a fair assessment?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I definitely like, I mean, I like the Sun Devils here in this game. I mean, just, this feels like a tough spot for the Cougs. I mean, the one thing that they do really, really well is defend the pass. And that's, that's probably not going to buy you a lot in this game.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to still take the 15 because I do think that they're going to be able to move the ball a little bit. And I, I, I don't know. I, I just think that this team is is decent and 15 points is a lot. But there is yeah. a, there is a world where they just totally collapse offensively because they don't have any coaches really <laughs> to do that. Um, but I thought the offense was good enough in this last game. But oftentimes that happens, right? Your coach is fired. You come out, you play hard. And then the, the next game is kind of where, where the gut punch happens. And um, I can see why this spreads 15. But I just think that's a lot. Uh, I'm getting more than two touchdowns with a team that can move the ball. I'll take it.
0: Yeah, I mean it. It opened at 16, so it's definitely come down a little bit. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's up. Like Badering's got it at 14 and a half. I'm, but I'm. I think I'm with you. I think it. I don't like. I never like taking big spreads with ASU.
1: Yeah, that's the other. Yeah, the Herm factor. Um, did I just change your mind, Rob? Are you taking ASU still?
0: Yeah, I mean, it does like I I mean, I will say like the thing that makes me really cautious is that I, I mean, and it's close. I mean, I think Vegas has this one about right is I mean, it is it is a really tough matchup for Washington State on the defensive side of the ball. They really struggle to stop the run. And that's something ASU does really well.
1: Okay, so you're taking the Devils.
0: You know, I'm going to take Washington
1: state. Oh, he did. He did it. He switched. No, it
0: wait. I've talked myself back out of it. Like I'm taking ASU. They're going to run the ball. It's going to work.
1: Okay. All right. We need, we need a, a difference of opinion here on the show. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we have a couple more games to get to. Let's do it right after this. All right. We're back. Full slate, full dance card in the PAC 12 this week. We have a couple games coming up here, Rob. We have Colorado, Oregon. We have Arizona, USC, and we have UCLA, Utah. Where do you want to go to next?
0: Uh, let's do. Let's save the fun game, <laughs> UCLA, Utah, because <laughs> the other two should not be close unless something goes really wrong. Let's do Colorado, Oregon, real quick.
1: All right, all right. Colorado is a 24 point. Uh, almost said favorite. <laughs> 20. God, God forbid. A 24 uh, point underdog on the road against Oregon. Uh, Oregon, of course, was able to beat UCLA. And this game was all sorts of funky, Rob. I I had the over, um, and I got hosed on a couple things. Uh, There was a couple special teams mess ups. um, There were some interceptions and some picks, and it was just—it was kind of—it was just herky jerky all around. Um, Yep. You know, it's interesting. UCLA had a, a chance to get back into this game. One of the things that, that I thought was fascinating was I just thought Anthony Brown has done a really good job for the most part of making good decisions. And boy, he had two awful decisions in this game just really bad <laughs> throws and picks uh, to keep Oregon, uh, keep that game competitive. And I, 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 but the other thing that I took away was holy Moses. Like, Obviously, I knew Kayvon Thibodeau was was awesome, uh, but the fact that they were having Greg Dulcich block him multiple times, I just thought was yeah. bat freaking crazy. Um, I don't know. Like, wh- what, what did you think about Oregon in, in their matchup against UCLA? Because it was a big win, but it still wasn't super impressive. Yeah,
0: I mean, it, like at some level, like I like I said, like I, I think this was in a lot of ways the most complete game we've seen from Oregon since. The Ohio State game. But it's still you're left with in the back of your head, you're like, oh, but this is UCLA. <laughs> right. I mean, Brown was pretty good. I mean, and they they managed to get the football into, you know, some of their more talented players' hands. Uh, and that was a plus, right? They were able to move the ball, throwing the ball, and not having to rely on the run. I thought that was good, right? I mean, that definitely leans into what UCLA's weakness is defensively. But at the same time, Right. Like it's I just I thought, you know, UCLA, you know, and, and some of it was Thompson Robinson just putting him on his back really, uh, you know, at times in the game to to really keep it close. But the fact that he was really able to do that, I mean, I, I will say and I want to comp I thought Oregon's rush defense was pretty good. I thought the tackling was really there. Yeah. Um in this game. And that's that's a real compliment, I think, to them. Um, and it was like, I mean, Thompson Robinson really had to carry, you know, carry them in this game. I, yeah, I just, I, but I mean, like you said, like, I mean, just for, for Oregon, right? Like it just, it just doesn't, for a team like that feels like it's got the conferences hopes really sitting on it. Like I'm just, I'm not convinced that this team is going to go undefeated down the stretch, right?
1: Yeah. The one thing that they did, and good teams do this, was they exposed all the flaws that UCLA had. And I'm sure Day was watching this game. He's just yelling at everybody that had ever mentioned that UCLA was good, myself included. Um, Because they, I mean, they got to the quarterback. They exposed the secondary. We already knew that the secondary wasn't good. But I, I thought that Brown did a really good job outside of the picks. Um, like you mentioned of just carving up the secondary and taking care of business. The thing that was fascinating for me was when you take a look at the rushing, like, and I know the the stats are a little bit misleading because it says that, um, uh, it says that Travis Dye, you know, ran for 14 rushes for 35 yards. Well, four of those were touchdowns in the red zone. <laughs> so, you know, it does, yeah. it does cut back. and It's a little bit of a misleading stat, but at the end of the day, really about 110 yards rushing. And most of that was a long run by, uh, by Brown and and it was the passing I mean they really just took advantage of a bad secondary for UCLA and showed that the offensive line could be overcome uh, with a good pass rush so I mean credit to them for doing that right but still I just I don't know like the way that they oh I'm curious do you have do you have the win expectancy do you, do you have that metric where it's like you know post win expectancy
0: after the recalculation of the model, the model would have had it at a 61% win probability.
1: Okay. Yeah. that That's fair. Because yeah, that was kind of my point where like, I think that Oregon won this game and it wasn't like, I, I think this the score was a little closer than what we saw on the field. And, and that's yeah. a credit to Oregon. But um, I don't know, just something to keep a look out as they continue to move forward, because I do think they drop one more game here somewhere along the schedule. I hope they don't um, because uh, if they don't, they'll probably be in the playoff. But they face Colorado, Rob, a team that just all sorts of sucks. I mean, just uh, just a bag, a flaming bag of suck, a sour yeah. patch of suck. Is 24 points enough?
0: I mean, that's what's really interesting, right? So, like, it opened at circa at 26. Um, Beta rank has it at. 23.95. <laughs> so, I mean I, I it is true like you wonder if if like 23 points, you know, 24 points is really enough for this uh game, but you know, like Oregon is, you know, or, they're not a dominant team by any stretch of anyone's imagination, right? Like, you know, if you put if you put a different like if you put Ohio State as they're playing right now or if you put you know, one of the other top teams in college football against this Colorado squad, you're probably pushing like a 35 point spread. Yeah. Um. You know, like coming into the game, I just don't have that. Um. I just don't, I, I I'm like, I, I, I struggle to see, like, I think what, the reason I think this could stay closer is like, I just struggle to see Oregon. I struggle to see them like really getting up for this game. <laughs> I guess you could say. Yeah. They're just at <laughs> like game
1: day. Right
0: right. I mean, like, yeah, this game's on, I mean, this game's getting the three 30 PM Fox treatment, you oh, know, boy. cause Oregon's or oh, I know like Oregon's a draw. Um, but this game, I mean, yeah, I mean, and it's at home. You know, but like, I, just, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to convince me that like Oregon's like really going to pay that much of a tent. Like, I feel like you watch the Colorado tape, particularly like if you're on Oregon's defense and you're just like, oh, we got this because <laughs> like, you should, I mean, you should feel that. I mean, they just went out and just like, I mean, I guess the thing that like, and, and uh, I mean, I, and I, I sincerely think this is worth asking after Colorado just got walloped by Cal. Is like, does Colorado even care anymore? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they and had- if Colorado doesn't care, and if they're checked out, particularly offensively, then you're, you know, this game could get way out of hand. But like the other problem, I mean, I don't think that Colorado has uh Jordan McLeod sitting around. This Oregon team let Arizona hang around with them. <laughs> <You> yeah, <know? laughs> like, um, they have shown a proclivity to play to the level of competition a bit.
1: The problem though is. I mean, Colorado put up 130 yards of total off, or not total offense, because they don't do punt returns or whatever, but 130 yards of offense against Cal. I mean, yeah. that's just, I mean, Cal's it's just bad. awful. It's just awful. Brandon Lewis, nine of 17, four yards a pass. Uh, per, yeah, four yards an attempt with no touchdowns, and interception through for 69 total yards. Uh, Jarek Broussard went uh, 11 for 28 against Cal's rush defense. I mean, I'm with you like where I really wanted to take Colorado to start because I still think that their defense cares. I mean, they got Nate Landman. They have, they have players on that, on that defense that I think actually want to like show up and play, but the offense is so bad. And I I think that if, if you were that team, you go into that Cal game saying, all right, this is a team that we can compete against. And then you score three, three full points. I mean, I, I think that, I think they might've lost the team. And I'm going to take Oregon and I didn't think I was going to take Oregon, but I just don't, I mean, if, if Colorado can't score at all, I mean, I, I think, I think, I mean, Oregon's going to at least put up what, like 30, like 30, what 32, 31, 35 ish in this game. Is that yeah. Fair? I mean,
0: I do want, I mean, that's what like, I do wonder and it's, I mean, I think it's worth asking too, is like, you know, does, does Cristobal try to avoid having any QB controversy? So does he leave the starters in, <laughs> you know, um, and, you know, not bring in, uh, Thompson, you know, for any of these series, I just, I mean, I, I, am with you. I, I, I think this, this line feels about right, but I'm going to take Oregon because I think if it's wrong, I think it's going to be Oregon going over.
1: The The one thing on the other side would be, I don't know if Oregon has the firepower to score 40. So if if Colorado just falls on itself whether it's a, from a pick or from a special teams fumble and accidentally scores a touchdown, then I think this 24 is in trouble.
0: Um I mean Colorado's like pass defense is actually not bad. Like they're at 20 in effective pass. Now like you should just line up and run the football against them because they're at 90 in effective rush.
1: Yeah, but Oregon um, is not very good at running the football.
0: They're decent. They're at number 30. Like they should be able to get some yards there. I just don't know if they're just going to get big play after big play after big play against them.
1: Yeah. I'm kind of almost talking myself out of this, but I'll, I'll take Oregon. Ugh. I'm not going to bet this game at all. Um, because I just think that there's some variance here where, you know, maybe Oregon does put in their second, maybe they rest players during this game. that was, that was one of the things when they played Arizona was, I think there was a number of players out that they just you yeah. know, they could have probably played Thibodeau, but they're like, no, you, like, please, please, for the love of God, don't play in this game, <laughs> play in the next one. Right. So I think there might be a little bit of that here, but, um, I, I, but Colorado might've just totally collapsed and we might've just seen it. So, uh, are you taking Oregon also?
0: Yeah, I'm going to take the ducks. I just uh, my my fear is that Colorado is basically mailing it in at this point.
1: All right, Let, let's go to the better game here, right? Like I don't think we need. <laughs> uh, let's talk Arizona <laughs> USC, right? No, no, no. Let's let's do UCLA Utah. I, I think this is a great game, and this this line started as UCLA as a three point underdog. It has now bumped up to six. And yeah. uh, and this is a bummer, you know. Get your lines early because I really liked three, and now six. I'm I'm having a little bit of a hesitation here. Utah, of course, coming on their loss against Oregon State, and again, like I thought, it was kind of impressive the way that they were able to move the ball. Their defense, though, gives me a little bit more pause here, particularly the run defense. Rob.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair, right? I mean this this is a bit little bit of a, a an interesting spot to see here for this uh, Utah squad because like they're, they should be a pretty good favorite in this game. You know, like UCLA is they're decent, right? They're at number 49 overall at beta rank, but Utah's all the way at 23. Uh, but Utah's defense, like they're not, I mean, so their defense is at 35 overall. This is not your sort of, you know, regular Utah defense, right? Like you can put together drives against this team. We certainly saw Oregon state do that. Now they are good What this Utah team is quite good at is containing big plays, but UCLA is good at driving the football, right? Like they're at 15 overall and effective rush. You certainly feel after seeing Oregon state run the football that they're going to be able to run the ball pretty well. I think what's interesting and what makes this a little more dangerous than usual is that, yeah. I mean this, this line even more dangerous is that UCLA is going to be able to throw the ball better than Oregon state is. Now they're not as good at running the football as Oregon state is, but they certainly present a more varied and interesting passing attack, even with Garbers in there. Now the line's gone up, of course, because Dorian Thompson Robinson couldn't hand, you know, wasn't taking snaps today or throwing the football around. He may not be good to go for this game. That's certainly going to push it more towards Utah, but the uh, you know, Betarank's got this as eight point three, you know, as uh as Utah's favorite, um, you know, and it's blind to the injuries. Um, you know, where it sees the advantage here though is that man, UCLA's defense has really fallen off. They're all the way down at eighty-one overall in beta rank. Utah's offense is at twenty-one. Yeah,
1: they're gonna throw um, the
0: ball. And I, yeah, I mean, and even if you could take away, even if you could take away the the rush. You know, this, you know, then the, like, they're going to be able to throw the football. And I actually, I really do like the Utes in this spot uh, offensively. I think that they're, I think that they're going to have a pretty good day against this UCLA defense.
1: What's Utah's run pass split on the defensive side?
0: On the defensive side, it's actually not that big. I mean, cause they have given, like, They certainly got torched on the run against Oregon State, but they've also gotten burned on the pass by some other teams prior to the Beavers. So they're at 38 in effective rush, 40 in effective pass. But that's like UCLA is going to be able to run the football. They're at 15 in effective rush.
1: Yeah, but their their pass defense isn't – or their pass offense isn't great, UCLA. I mean they have Dulcich and a couple –
0: yeah. Well, what's interesting too is like, I mean, it's, and I think this is where like, of course, if Thompson, like, and, you know, we should really, you know, hold our pick a little bit, see if Thompson Robinson's good to go or not. And we may not find that out, of course, until fricking game time, but Garbers, though, like,
1: outside of that pick, well, he had four throws or whatever, but three of the yeah. four looked great. The fourth one, right? not so I mean, good.
0: He's not an untalented guy. You know, but like that, it, it, you know, one of the things that Utah certainly struggles with this season as a mobile quarterback, Thompson Robertson Robinson's legs could provide a little bit of a, some trouble in there. But really, too, like I, I think that they he really has had to, you know, when things aren't quite working, he's had to put this UCLA offense on his back. You know, in the season, he tried to do it in that that ASU game as well, um, and was unsuccessful doing it. Really, they they were able to like. I just I I think the Utes are able to to slow UCLA down just enough, and I think that they're going to put up points
1: on the road too. It's going to be loud. I had this at seven. I mean, when it was three, I was all over Utah, but now it moves up to six. Uh, I mean, still it still hasn't hit that key point at seven. I'll, I'll take ah. Uh, I'll take Utah. I think, I think UCLA kind of got exposed and, and and there was already, I think a lot of people already knew how to beat Utah or beat UCLA through the air. But I, I just think that, I mean, I, I just trust that Utah defense to be able to, to bend, not break. Like they'll give up some touchdowns and stuff, but um, I just really like their passing offense right now. I think that offense has clicked in. Um, all right. Yeah. Give me the Utes and you're taking the Utes as well. Rob, let's get to the best game yep. of the week. The best game of the week, Arizona. <laughs> a 21 point underdog on the road at USC. I'm taking the cats, Rob. You can't stop me.
0: Uh I mean, I like, I, I gotta tell you, like, that's not, that's not crazy. You know, like it's not, I mean, it's beta rank has this at 20, 20.73. 20. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, the, 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 it, the tough thing with this game is that, like, I mean, we talked about. Like, I thought U C or I thought U S C played pretty well against Notre Dame. All in all, um, you know, it could have been a lot worse. Uh, they certainly were able to move the football. They struggled to put up points. I mean, I think the Irish are a little less effective offensively um, than maybe you'd like. And so, I do think that there's there is certainly some, some, you know, room there to maybe. Like the, this, USC defense is still ranked at number ninety-four in Beta Rank, right? I and mean, they're really struggling. I mean, I, th- I think Arizona's—you know—this is going to feel like uh, this is going to feel like a-, a walk in the park after playing Washington's defense is getting this USC defense.
1: Oh, absolutely. I thought USC—you know—the game ended up thirty-one sixteen, and I-, I bet on Notre Dame. But there was another world where this game got a little closer. There was two missed field goals. There was yep. just the incompetent, inept handling of the clock at the end of the first half. And then there there was, a, there was just a couple of mistakes. There was some personal fouls and just uh, like pass interference. I mean, just U- USC did USC things where they just shot themselves in the foot over and over again when they had momentum. There was a world where they did keep this game close against Notre Dame, but they didn't. Um, and Notre Dame ended up pulling away. I also thought Notre Dame was a little bit more aggressive in the second half than a normal brian kelly team is and so that, i thought yeah. that was interesting so you know like i had i had a uh, notre dame minus seven and all of a sudden they hurried up to the line i'm like hooray <laughs> like they're, they're yeah. actually trying to step on the throat uh which yeah. which was good but this usc offense is just it's just bad or i'm sorry usc uh defense is just bad and i still think unlike colorado i think fish still has the team um yep and now they have a chance to beat a USC team that is really hurting, but they're still USC. They're on the road. I don't think USC after going to um after going to South Bend and coming back to what is it gonna be a half-filled stadium. Um right. I I think I think Arizona's gonna come in with a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder in this game. And look, they could get blown out, right? Like, you know, Drake London could get a thousand yards. I just think that they're not going to be like they're not great at running the ball. Arizona's defense like has a little bit of juice left in it to probably keep this game close. In one simulation, (laughs) right? The other simulation is USC just throws all over Arizona and Arizona can't move the ball at all. Like that that also could happen, but I'm betting more that the first situation happens, where you know maybe Arizona can run the ball a little bit on USC's bad rush defense. And um, and just kind of puddle along and keep the game within reach.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that you're know, like one of the big differences here too is how bad USC's pass defense is. Um, they're at 103 in effective pass in beta rank. Like, I really do think you can put up some yards. And I don't think Will Plummer is particularly good. Oddly enough, I think he's better than Gunnar Cruz.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> low bar.
0: That's a re- that's a really low bar. But he's not like he's going to have more time to set up and throw the football. And Arizona's wide receivers should be more open than they were against Washington. I mean, US, like Washington has the number is number two in effect to pass in beta rank. Like USC is at 103. Like you're going to be able to find your spots to throw the football around against this USC defense. Um, And I think Arizona is going to be able to run the ball pretty well against this USC. Um, team, I think. I mean, Arizona's like Arizona's offense. It does feel like they're just sort of all over the map. I mean, you know, like I, I still think the defense. It's it's maybe you know next year or the year after that they really figure out what Don Brown's doing. Um, you know, and maybe get some other players in there too. But you know, I think that the offensively, Fish. You know, like it does feel like. I mean, despite the immense turnover of at quarterback <laughs> that they've had, like it does feel like they like he may eventually kind of figure like it does feel like he's just figuring out the run game a little bit and USC is not going to present them with an overwhelming run defense right like i just i like i like this feels like too many points it just feels like too many points to trust USC with uh in this game and like really again like after having lost on the road and like you know to Notre Dame and and really feeling like i think i mean you could argue that they played pretty well but i, I do feel like you have to come back to you know, like they're they're not like the, like the 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 coverage and everything is still just relentlessly negative around this team. Um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's like it does feel like at some point USC's gonna have that inexplicable, you know, sort of like oh man I quit type game.
1: Yeah, just keep a lookout for that back breaking, uh, Will Plummer pick. I mean, was there been three of them uh. this year already? Like, just just. NAU, which was a pick six. Yeah, had the Washington yep. game. I think he did another one too, where it's just, oh, Lord almighty. Didn't need that right yeah. now. So, I mean, like I, there, there is a, a world where USC just comes in, and just stomps on Arizona and they should, like they, they, right. I am, I am in no way arguing that the talent of Arizona should keep this game close, but it's college football and, and you know, your head where your mind is matters. And I, I still think Arizona is still trying to put it together And I think that team is still functioning. I don't know if I can say the same about USC at this point. So we'll have to see. Yeah, no, I
0: think that's right. I mean, and I I still think, too, that like in this game, USC is still going to be so bad at running the football that I think that there is a possibility, like if they can get pressure on you know, on, on Slovis, right? Like that's a good recipe, right? Like he, he's, I don't think they're going to be able to get consistent pressure on him, but I also don't trust the USC offensive line to hold up under the blitz that they're going to see. Now I also will say like they, they're going to hit some big plays like Don Brown blitzing against, you know, Tina's got Drake London out there is not going to work because Arizona has has nobody that can cover him.
1: <laughs> the, the other thing to keep a lookout for is we might see a, a Jackson Dart, um oh yeah you know jackson dart might might show himself in this game and if that's the case then uh, all bets are off for for arizona because i do think that the team will have a lot more energy in it it's just whether or not williams is willing to do that and whether or not jackson dart is healthy there were some rumors that we w- we might have seen him in the notre dame game and that didn't happen so it's possible i mean like arizona would be a perfect game to throw him into if that's the case so if if i'm gonna put it this way like for our picks if dart is the pick um i'm switching i'm switching to usc i think that there's a really yeah Mm -hmm. um i just think i mm -hmm.
0: i go the other way i think dart would throw two or three picks i think he's i think he is like he's a little yolo oh yeah i don't think
1: i just think the team itself is going to come out with a little bit more energy Um, I could maybe see that even with the turnovers. I think, I think just putting him back in there makes it just seem, I think they play a lot more loose and, and treat it like, like a game rather than playing so tight, which is, I think what they're going to do if it's, if it's Slovis again. So anyway, I'm, I'm planning my marker there. Um, whatever the spread is, if it's Dart, I'm going to flip onto the other side. Um, but if it, if it ends up being Keaton Slovis and he's the one starting, I'll take the 21 and, uh, and I'll hope that Arizona is able to cover.
0: I mean it could be a little bit of a look ahead there because I mean like they like Arizona comes right in between Notre Dame and ASU. Hmm. Right like, Arizona, like and Arizona it's certainly I mean it's funny because Arizona has I mean with the exception of just getting blasted by Colorado has, has at times managed to play better than expected.
1: <laughs> oh one one thing we should we should bring up Rob bringing up my trap games here bringing up my trap games. We're looking at. Is this on the 30th? Is this is this all Halloween?
0: This is on the 30th, so Sunday's the 31st, right? Yeah,
1: and and you you kind of uh, jumped jumped my Spidey sense because you mentioned it was a sandwich, and I knew that Arizona was like one of those games where uh, they're sandwiched in between two good ones. So, like you mentioned, USC uh, had had the road game at Notre Dame, and then Arizona, and then they have to play ASU, like you mentioned. One of the trap games we had was UCLA on the road um, at Utah. This is UCLA's seventh game in a row without a bye. So that team's going to be mm. kind of banged up. So that's, that's fascinating. That's fascinating. And then we actually had Wazoo. Wazoo faces ASU on the road coming off a bye. And this is, uh, oh, this is a trap game for Washington State. Uh oh. This is Washington State's ninth game in a row without a bye. And ASU comes in off of a bye. That's kind of gross.
0: I just, I don't like the spot for that Washington state defense. Like it's, if, if it was, if they were getting Hmm. somebody, if they were, if they like, well, I guess it's interesting. Like when you think back at it though, like, man, like I feel like I got to go back and look at like, how in the world did they beat Oregon state, a team that really just lines up to run the fricking football? (laughs) uh, I mean, the bees were minus one on turnovers. It still shouldn't have been that close.
1: I'm spitting in the face of my own trap game.
0: Wazoo really moved the football against them. That was that was really a big part of it. They threw for 400.
1: I'm gonna. Oh, that's so gross. I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take the 15. But that is a real tough spot for them.
0: Yeah, I just. I. I really. I. I think that they're gonna. I think that teams that are. I think ASU is going to be able to run though. I think. And not only that, but they have a. They Daniels is. Daniels has been better than we expected. Yeah. You know, and in particular has. I think they've, they've added a real big play pass offense uh, in there that he's able to hit.
1: Yeah. I know that that spreads 15 for a reason. I did when it jumped. I was like, I don't, I don't get that. Now I'm looking at all the reasons why. Um, And then we had, we had Washington at Stanford, of course. And so we've already done that. Okay. All right, Rob, anything else to cover here?
0: No, I think we're
1: good. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Catch us next week when we go back and review our picks and preview week 10 Freaking week 10 already. Double digits of college football. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next week.